Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 53. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation, for our normal schedule here, working on our Monday, Wednesday, Friday routine. Of course, had the Tuesday Emergency Podcast yesterday after the team making the announcement they had fired Offensive coordinator Matt Canada, the first coordinator to ever be fired midseason in Steelers history. So Dave's still reacting to that, reflecting to that, talking about the change to Mike Sullivan, to Eddie Faulkner, and everything else Mike Tomlin had to say. So heck of a day yesterday, Dave. It was a busy day, but kudos to you, our great team at Steelers Depot, for making it an unbelievable day from a, from a sight standpoint. And just one of those days, as Steeler fans, you're not going to forget for a long time. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people uh, will, will will remember where they <laughs> were for a while, probably when they when they got that news. Uh, and once again, like I said on the show yesterday, uh, happy Wednesday, by the way. But uh, uh, like I said on the show on the on the emergency podcast yesterday, you had to you had to look at that thing three or four times to make sure you weren't weren't uh, getting spoofed or something like that. But uh, they they made the decision to cut the cord on Matt Canada. We addressed a lot of that. Uh, obviously in, 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 in yesterday's show and, you know, we'll expand a little bit more on some stuff and then get, get kind of deeper into some other things that Mike Tomlin uh, had to say, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the all 22 coming out of the game against the Browns. I don't know how much is left on the bone there, really to be honest with you. I don't know. Uh, and then obviously you've, uh, already been hard at it, compiling a, uh, a short way too early, Offensive coordinator candidate uh, list uh, with 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 a focus on connecting dots because I think you even put in that post that uh, over the last what twenty years uh, was it that that uh, the dot connection has been there roughly and it's a it's a long title to put on a bumper sticker but mm. I just wanted to have kind of some initial feelings about some names that would make sense not guys that I necessarily would advocate for most guys I would have to do some more research on to have a personal opinion of whether or not they I feel like they should be OC or not but I mean you just look at you know obviously the internal promotions of Feetner Canada even external names like Todd Haley his of course connections to Pittsburgh with Dick Haley, et cetera. So there's always kind of been something. And Mike Tomlin is, you know, not always. And of course, there's no there's no mandate that there has to be a connection to Pittsburgh. But if you want a starting point and we love our dot connecting and kind of on the fly with this breaking news, that's where I figured I should start that list of names just to start getting the conversation going, even though we now have months until they actually determine this team's long term or permanent OC for 2024. All right, do we want to start the show by going over that list, or do we want to push it back a little bit, or what? Yeah, l- let's push it back just a little bit, and and just kind of, as we've talked about, we both like sleeping on things and kind of just being able to take some time to calculate our thoughts and take it all in. Now that you've had a full day to react and process to the Canada firing, do you have any different thoughts or feelings compared to what you and I talked about yesterday? 
No, uh, uh, really, you know, the uh, one of the main thing that sticks out is obviously, you know, uh, based on the history of the organization, you know, you haven't seen them do that before. And uh, it does make you wonder uh, why now versus, you know, back back at the bye week and all. Now, obviously, the running game has improved the last several weeks. So there is is, is at least that and all. But uh you know, you 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 do kind of want uh, look. What happens if they bury one of those two drives at the end of the game against the Browns? You know, and they and or not even bury one of those drives. They get a field goal there, and it's the Steelers that win thirteen uh, to ten in that situation. Is Matt Canada still the uh, still the offensive coordinator Tuesday morning? Likely, you don't often see firings after a win, right? So. Uh, you know, is this going to be a thing where we're, we're, we're going to go back and we're going to, is this going to be a monumental moment? Boy, thank God they lost to the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Browns. Uh, look, uh, once again, the, the notion, the, the surprise element that they would, they would fire him based on what has all transpired since basically he was hired is not the surprising thing. The, uh, overall, when you look at the results aspect of it, really the only surprising thing is that this organization hasn't done this sort of thing before. So that's really, uh, Alex, where my where my thoughts uh, start and end as far as the decision went. Do do I think that it's the right decision at this time? Yes, uh, and as we've kind of talked about in the past, not thinking that this sort of thing would happen if it did happen in season, at least it gets you to the point because look, you weren't going to bring anybody in from the outside. Uh, uh, It does at least give you now a seven game run at, I don't know if you want to call it co-coordinators or what. I mean, technically I guess Eddie Faulkner's the, uh, interim offensive coordinator, Mike, Mike Sullivan is the play caller, label it however you want, but at least it gives you a seven, uh, at least a seven game run to see if those two guys and what they bring to the table in this can a produce more points, uh, B or really, uh, a one, uh, uh, or put Kenny Pickett ahead, whatever way you want want to build this list here. We got to see an improvement out of Kenny Pickett's play. We got to see more points scored. And I think Mike Tom, one of the main things that Mike Tomlin uh, indicated it is, there is we need more points to help us engineer victory. You know, uh, and it goes back to something we used to have fun with every time Matt Canada seemingly would meet the media. We got to score more points there. So uh, the but the the byproduct of this at least gets you through the evaluation stage of whether or not you will want to or need to or should move forward with Eddie, you know, Eddie Faulkner or, or, mm-hmm. or Mike Sullivan here. Sure, there's a benefit to getting to see those guys work and what they can do, what tweaks they can implement. We understand. We talked about it. You can't reinvent this playbook. You can't put in a whole new installation of your offense, but you can tweak things. You can add small things, take out small things. And I think especially the sequence of play calling on game day, you know, can can change, I think, fairly dramatically based on who's calling the game. And, you know, when you hear a couple times this year, more than once, 
post game, you hear players talk about, well, we went into it with a game plan and the, the defense did something we didn't expect and you know, we didn't really adjust to it. Those to me are real, you know, implications of, of the game planning of the coaching staff. So Kenny Pickett talking about that the Browns were going to be man heavy. They came out, played a bunch of zone. We didn't adjust to that. We got to adjust better. We've heard that a couple times this year, and that falls to me on, on, on game planning and coaching. And sure, I think every team has to deal with that from time to time, but Pittsburgh seems so slow to adjust to those things, and, and that's the bigger problem. Okay, now let me fire back on, because that's one of the things I wanted to, to, mm-hmm. to kind of talk about here uh, on this. Uh, do, do you? I, I don't envision Matt Canada up there with an iron fist uh, and not taking in info to adjust because oh, look Mike Sullivan's been around this game for a long time Eddie Faulkner has been a, 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 around this game for a long time uh uh you know your offensive line coach has been around around this game for a while what wouldn't you think that there's some input being given to Matt Canada as this goes on or is, is Matt Canada they're, they're saying look you know we're, we're, we're getting a, you know, we're obviously getting a lot of zone in here. Uh, here's what we suggest. We, 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 we try to, does this all fall, how much of this falls back on Matt Canada, not adjusting versus I- Intel that he's getting from, from the coaches. Uh, and w- why should we expect it, it to be different with Faulkner and Sullivan? It's a fair question. We'll just have to see. You're right. I think in terms of the approach, game planning is a collective. It's not just Matt Canada solely putting together the game plan. But I think in terms of the play calling, you have to try to call plays based on what you anticipate getting. And Pittsburgh often seem to be a step behind and too slow to adjust to those things, which I think does fall more on the play caller bid game. So again, blame does not solely go on him, but ultimately responsibility falls on the offensive coordinator. Right. So... How, how do you envision this going now? I mean, uh, and A, you know, one thing that wasn't asked and maybe it'll be asked here. Uh, uh, I don't know. You think they're just going to have Eddie talk to the media on Thursday and 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 not Mike Sullivan? Or you think you're going to hear from both of them or what? It's a good question. If I had to guess, it's just a guess. I think we'll hear from both. All right. Uh, regardless, you know, is Mike Sullivan is somebody going to be upstairs or both, you know, that, that, that's, that's one thing that should be asked, you know, or, or both those guys, I would hope that both of them stay on the sideline. I, I would expect that that's where they've been. I don't see why that would change. All right. So are you going to have the, because once again, Mike Tomlin said, and, and the reason for that probably is, as Mike Tomlin said, look, this, you know, Eddie's still got to coach running backs. Right. Uh, uh, Sullivan's still coaching the the, uh, the quarterbacks there. So, yeah, you yeah. you would expect both those guys to remain on the sideline. I'm just curious of who's going to delegate what. Is, is this going to be a, a co-op of, of, look, this is what they're showing us. We didn't expect this. Uh, and Eddie telling Sullivan, look, we need to switch to this, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a playlist more in tune with what we're seeing, you know, the, the minutia is what I'm, I'm, I'm most mm-hmm. interested in here. And I, and I don't have, a, I, I obviously don't have the answer for that. Yeah. I, I just, again, nobody knows for sure, but when you, when you rep and your game plan is built around seeing specific coverages, 
that's hard to adjust to in game because you're trying to now find different concepts, stuff you may not have rep as much that week in preparation for the game. And so that puts your offense in a really tough spot and your offense is already struggling. And so it's not like you have, you know, great offense that can kind of really adjust on the fly more naturally. Um, yeah, I, I would expect Sullivan Faulkner to be on the field. You do have assistant quarterbacks, uh, coach David Corley up in the booth. And so he can probably communicate with Sullivan and offer some bird's eye input in that regard. But in terms of the game day responsibility, I do wonder what Faulkner's role will be on game day. I'm not entirely sure what that looks like. I'm just wondering how much different, you know, or what was it happening that will happen now when it comes to adjustments? Sure. I mean, it's hard to say for sure. We'll just have to see how things play out. But I think those were reasons why Canada was was outed. But I think it's also about the frustration that this those building in this locker room. And now you can kind of drop your shoulders for a second and release some of that tension and just everybody, I think, is breathing a bit easier. You saw that with the Raiders when they made a more drastic change in firing Josh McDaniels, the head coach, and Dave Ziegler, the GM. But you felt that locker room really kind of turn around just in the attitude in which they had. They were happier. They were more excited about work and they've been successful because of it. So I just think there's an effect and impact on just letting out the tension in the room and letting this these guys get back to really focusing on football. Yeah, look, first and foremost, you would you you would think that there's going to be a little bit of a pep and a step in practice this week. Right. You know, right. Uh, as a buy. Now, next question here is. Uh, it's not like these guys are going to come in and, and institute a new playbook or anything like that. You've got your, your core stuff and, and to its core anyway, a lot of teams run a lot of the same things anyway. So uh, now what you can change up is maybe, you know, some formations and attaching uh, this, uh, the, you know, this set of routes on this side. Uh, to this play, you know, all, all the things that come because usually play calls come with what, you know, formations, uh, route concepts and and, you know, the core play itself. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a formation there. There's a person. There's a personnel grouping that exists, which is usually more of the assistant coaches. But but that's dictated by play call. There's uh, the actual play call. There's protection, there's routes, uh, cadence, et cetera. OK, Uh and and at its core, here's the thing, you know, it's not like you've got all this time to practice either. So you've got to be careful with how much that now look, can, can you put in new wrinkles during a week? Absolutely, you can. And you should be uh, doing that. But on top of it there, how much can you actually change overall and still get these guys to play fast? Sure. Um, but again, I think it's about building your menu of plays for a game plan, subtracting some stuff, adding some stuff. Maybe not, it doesn't have to be about these massive changing the actual plays, but what you lean on, what you don't, situationally what you call, how you run constraint plays, using one play to set up another. All those things can be impacted and influenced by a change in, in the person doing it. Okay. Uh, how much overall, in the, at least in this first game, you know, what kind of different things are, are, you know, are you kind of looking for now? We, we talked on the podcast mm -hmm. yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I, I really think you got to build off of your run concepts and all like that, because at the core, you you're running the football very well and that should change. Uh, you, you've got to build off, off of your run, your, your passing game up off of, of, of your run concepts. Uh, 
first and foremost, you've got to probably integrate better shot plays into this thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, I would also like to think that, uh, and you probably want to focus, you want to probably spend a lot of time on your screen game. Uh, not that they probably have it anyway, but uh, you know, you, you want to try to sharpen that up there. And then, you know, another thing I think is you want to, you know, what can we do to get the football in Pat Firemuth's hands a little bit more? Sure. My answer is really the same from yesterday. It is, I think, about pairing the pass game, the run game more effectively. I think it's creating more concepts and less independent routes of kind of hoping that the outside receivers win 1v1. Um, I'm not opposed to seeing the ball in the middle of the field more often. Obviously, it's really not happened much at all. I think just more more broadly, utilizing more people in the passing game as much as the passing game should run through Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. It can't run solely through those two guys. So you got to find some more ways to get Allen Robinson involved and find a real plan for what Calvin Austin's role in this offense looks like. And of course, utilize the tight end some more. It doesn't always even have to be middle of the field, although that's going to be their, their primary workspace. But, you know, your passing offense has to be more than just two dudes on the outside. Are you expecting an overall increase in, per se, average... I mean, because you don't want Kenny dropping back 40 times a game if you can help it, right? Sure. Pass attempts are often dictated by game circumstance. Right. So playing from ahead, playing from behind. I, this is still going to be a run first outfit. That's what they're doing extremely well right now. It's good for their quarterback who's struggling. Eddie Faulkner, a running backs coach. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to run the ball a lot. All right. And at its core in the passing game, the goal should be to increase Kenny Pickett's completion percentage and uh, increase Kenny Pickett's average yard yards per completion and what else i mean to me certainly the stats were if he just plays better the stats will take care of themselves they're going to reflect a higher completion rate and better probably average you know intended air yards and all that kind of stuff so can you create some easier reads for him and get him to into a rhythm and get him some confidence and those types of things if you do that the stats will follow and then obviously the thing that we we continue to point to, you can't go three or 14 on third down. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be, I think, some good situational play in third down, some better play calls there. Um, again, red zone type stuff. But yeah, I, I think a lot of times OCs are defined by the situational play calling. It's less about first and 10 at the, at the 20 as opposed to third and three with the game on the line or second and goal from the two at the end of the half and those types of things, you know, fourth down and five when, when you got to have it like, those are the moments where OCs make their money. All right. As far as play sequencing goes, do you just reset everything, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, things that maybe can be a little bit more predictable, like because th- those play sheets are often divided up of where the football is at on the field, right? Yeah. Play sheets are, div- are divvied up into down distance, time of the game and, and uh, line of scrimmage. Yes. All right. So you better try to take a hard look at that too. kind of a, another uh, self-scouting reset to, 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 to some degree. And you can, you can change up your sequencing within areas of the field. Yeah. And to me, just, you know, being able to work off of one concept, I thought Canada was getting a bit better at that this year. It took him like three years to get to that point, but you know, I, I thought there was some progress there, but you talk about, you know, even and just to go back to this one, and I was wrong about this, and that's why I got to kind of shut up for a second and kind of go back into the tape. But I talked about that 
what I thought was miscommunication on that throw to Warren in the flat where he just got creamed by three Cleveland Browns players. I thought there was miscommunication with the receivers who were supposed to block. They actually run a similar concept to that with the receivers actually running routes. And so I don't believe that was miscommunication, um, but they were trying to, in theory, kind of build off that flared action by Warren that would hopefully get the defense to bite on that and then hopefully throw down the field. So those are things you want to see, obviously, continue to see, see more effectively and actually produce. So can you just have one concept that's your base that you lean on and then work off of that and kind of playing off what the defense is expecting from you? That's the goal of a good coach. How about more, a little bit more autonomy for Kenny Pickett pre-snap? Get him, get a, make sure you get, you know, our, our, uh, Tom Mead's been with us forever and Tom Mead, you know, uh, catch because he charts the offense. He catches stuff that we, we, we don't, uh, catch that second play, mm. uh, the run play. They had 10 freaking men on the field. And that, yeah. and as Tom pointed out, they had already burnt, didn't they? Hadn't they already burned a timeout on uh, defense? Yeah, on, sure. on defense at that point. Uh, who, who missed, who missed that? And should a timeout, should a timeout have been taken there? Um, that's a good question on the timeout. You know, you burn a two timeouts really early in the half like that. I believe Tom said an offensive lineman was missing, uh, uh, maybe a tackle eligible. Is Possibly. That his, I, yeah. We, we, whoever it is, to me, you know, I think positional subs and, and personnel, that's controlled by the, the coaching staff. If it's an offensive lineman, it's on the O-line coach. You know, if it's the running back, it's the running back coach, that type of stuff. So uh, that, to me, would not be on Canada. That would be on whatever the, the position coach of the guy who's missing. All right, just just uh, uh, going back, you know, uh, to, to what I said. What about more, a, a little bit more pre pre snap uh, autonomy, and maybe getting them uh, uh, to the to the line of scrimmage quicker, a little bit quicker. I couldn't comment on the line of scrimmage quicker. I don't haven't taken a study in terms of when they break the huddle, I, I, and it's hard to say about autonomy. Maybe. I, I feel like he's had some autonomy this year. He's he's made calls and checks, mm-hmm. and I think he's been pretty active at, at the line pre-snap compared to last year. So are you seeing something where you don't feel like he has autonomy he should? No, I mean, not necessarily, but, and I don't know to, to what degree he has. But, you know, mm-hmm. you talk about the free rusher on that play, you know. Is that something yeah. that, that could be identified better? Well, I think it's just the ball's got to be out hot, like that they right. ran a, a full blitz there. You know, they mugged every gap, so you just didn't have the blockers to pick that thing up, and the ball had to come out quickly. So I actually understand why Pickett did what he did on that play, as disastrous okay. as the outcome was. Um, I, I'm not sure if he was lacking autonomy. You know, talk about what the Ravens game, that touchdown to Pickens, he changed the protection, right? He had the autonomy to do that. I imagine he probably did in that in that instance as well. You know, we're obviously asking a lot of questions we don't have the answers to, but sure. it's just things to kind of look for. Uh, just overall, you know, uh, I, I would expect to see some some wrinkles in in here, especially with some route concepts, right? Uh, sure. Uh, and you know, the main thing I think we're just looking for uh, uh, overall is is you know going to be centrally focused on is, is, is it helping a, can they keep the running game up to snuff and then B, you know, is the play of picket improving? Right. That's going to be key overall. Um, can, l- let me go back to the question I posed top of the show about, am I seeing anything? Do I, do I have any different thoughts now than I did yesterday? And you asked the question, Dave, and I know the answer to me is still kind of, it doesn't matter, but, was this a Tomlin decision? Was this a Rooney decision? 
reporting from Jerry Dulac was it was a Rooney call. Tomlin at his press was saying, I and I alone made that decision. To me, you know, for them to make this move the first time in history a coordinator has been fired midseason, you can't tell me Art was not involved in some degree in that one. Now, the actual minutia of how that conversation went, I don't know, but uh, I don't fully buy Tomlin. And I think he's just kind of doing the quote unquote fall on the sword, the leader type thing, which is fine. I respect that. But don't tell me that Art didn't have a, a role or a say or input in a historic decision for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would I would think that at least he he informs I he would go to Art and say, Look, I I, I want to fire Matt Canada. Do you have any any problem with that? Yeah, something like that. Or Art going to Tomlin saying, I think a change should be made. It. It's your call here, but I think we we gotta do something. Like so th- there's probably some kernel of truth to what Tomlin is saying, but I, I don't believe that Tomlin just walked into Rooney's office and said, Hey, I just fired Matt. See ya. I, I don't believe that. Okay. I mean, I, I would agree with you. I mean, there had to be some communication there, I would think, between coach and owner and Omar mm-hmm. uh, and all like that. Uh, and then one, once again, you know, if, 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 if Art had that kind of uh, push, nudge, nudge uh, after this game, you know, would that same push, nudge, nudge had been there had they won 13 to 10, you know? Well, you might not have felt the frustration to the degree in which you felt it after a loss to the Cleveland Browns. So, again, I think that was a big reason for the firing was the frustration was mounting. It was very close to a boiling point. You're six and four. You're trying to keep the locker room together. That's fracturing. You see the cracks and you're just trying to you know, prevent this thing from spilling over. And I think to me that was as much as anything. Of course, the productivity was really poor. They're all part and parcel. But. To me, the frustration was the catalyst for why they made the, the uh, decision right now. I think one of the interesting things that Mike Tomlin had to say, do we have anything else to kind of talk? Because, look, it's going to be a wait and see on our part and looking at the tape, right? You know, as far as the minutia moving forward and and what the offense. I mean, is there anything else you'd like to add as far as specifically kind of what you're looking for in this offense that that will that will stick out on tape? No, I would just say the obvious of, and I'm going to sound like Canada here, but they got to score more. I mean, that is how you are judged. It is a results-oriented business. And so can they put more points on the board, regardless of how they do it? That is the ultimate goal for a team trying to make this playoff push. And look, they need more explosive plays, right? So, uh, yes. you know, that that's one thing we're going to be looking for. Uh, obviously, the yards after the catch, while it has improved, it needs to be better, uh, uh, that kind of thing. I, you know, I don't think we're looking for uh, uh, 30% middle of the field throws, but we'd like to see more green dots show up uh, and not just two, three yards, four yards past the line of scrimmage as well. Yeah, start with one because one feels like more than what they've had. So. That'd be nice. All right. Uh, something Mike Tomlin said, the way he phrased it, uh, kind of caught my eye. He was asked, just saying, what have you seen uh, from from them, meaning the players in prior struggles that gives you that confidence, you know, from from overcoming the adversity of 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 what they've dealt with and all like that. I can't remember exactly how the question was framed, but Mike Tomlin says, I'm looking at a group that has not sought comfort, that has not placed blame elsewhere. They absorbed it. They've largely, <laughs> all right, this, this, this is how sometimes you can 
to me, kind of get into the context here and attempt to read read between the lines. They've largely kept their mouth shut and they go back to work and they wait for the next opportunity. I appreciate that while at the same time, I don't pat them on the back for it because I expect them to do that and I expect it to continue. I know the type of people they are. I know the type of environment we have here. They know what's expected of them. And so, you know, that's where we are. What do you think about that sentence? They've largely kept their mouth shut and they uh, basically you, you can stop there. Well, it refers to Najee Harris and maybe some of the frustrations George Pickens felt earlier in the year, although he didn't really say much in front of a camera, did it more of social media, maybe some of the frustrations that Deontay Johnson expressed on Monday. So that's what it seems to be referring to. All right. So well, you know, th- this goes back to there. there's there's some friction within in there that these guys aren't all bought into what's ha- what was happening under Canada for, for whatever reason. Well, I mean, I, maybe that, but also just the general frustration that they've kind of expressed about not producing and struggling regardless of reason. But yeah, certainly was, I'm sure there was frustration pointed at, at Canada. All right. Uh, what else from Mike Tomlin uh, uh, caught your eye? We covered this yesterday as well, too, you know, about uh, the football justice and Kenny. Look, you know, Anybody that thought there was going to be a quarterback change this week was just blindly throwing darts, right? Sure. Not going to happen. No expectation it was going to happen. But it's always interesting to see the conversation begin to shift, which is an indication of how bad things have gotten when you're at kind of the stage of, hey, should they continue starting this guy? It's that first step to this thing needs to get turned around pretty quickly. Otherwise, that chatter will continue. And look, Mike Tomlin is still 100% bought in on 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 Kenny Pickett more than ever. Uh, he says, what gives you a confidence that Kenny Pickett is your quarterback? He says, because I work with him every day and I've been really transparent with you guys about him and his willingness to work. And in my experience and what that tells me, this guy will do anything and everything. Uh, he works extremely hard. I just saw him a few minutes ago in the building. There's such a thing as football justice, man. Those guys usually get what they're looking for. And so that's why I remain uh, constant, uh, constantly optimistic about the tra- trajectory of his growth and development. Tomlin may still be fully confident in Pickett, but if he wasn't, would he tell you? No, he wouldn't tell you. You know, this is kind of this is the guy that you had. This is what you're going to see through as long as you can. What does Mike Tomlin say? You know, you're you're with the guy all in until you're not, and so you got to be with the guy right now because, of course, he's the guy. You understand it. He's got to play better. Hopefully, that you know, he can get fixed and right this ship. So. You got to at least present the front that this is your guy, even if it's not. It may be, but even if it's not, you have to. What other alternative is there to say? What what would it have to look like in these final seven games for a you know this is a a a, a co question you know a for him to get benched and and Mike Tomlin to well football justice isn't working mm-hmm. you know. It would take a lot. I mean, it would take obviously just a lack of improvement, seeing similar results, maybe marginally better results, but a team that's losing, A, if they're winning, you're not making a quarterback change, no matter what the outcome and how you get there. Um, and and then maybe if he's just turning the ball over more, I, it, it would take a lot, I would think. I don't have that expectation that they're going to going to make that change because that toothpaste is hard to get back into the tube if you're benching your, your you know supposed franchise. 
first-round quarterback two years in. What I will say, and maybe I mentioned this yesterday, Dave, was in, in some narrow-scope sense, Matt Canada was a good thing for Kenny Pickett because who took all the heat? It was Matt Canada, less so on Pickett. Some on Pickett, obviously, you know, fans, national media dumping on him. But Canada was kind of a shield that absorbed a lot of the criticism. And now he's gone. So if the play does not get better, if the results are similar, if they're the same, where does that criticism land to? It's going to Kenny Pickett. So just to say these next seven games are really critical for him because there is no shield that's going to take all the arrows anymore. They're going straight to Kenny Pickett. Do you think uh, Pickett feels that or will feel that? Um, I don't, I'm sure to an extent you're a human. How can you not feel it? You know, when you're not playing well, you understand the criticism that comes along with that. But I also think he's a guy that puts his head down and works and works and he's not scrolling on Twitter and listening to us or the fan or whatever about, you know, the comments about the game. So he's, he's, he's a worker. Um, and, and I think it's you know, pretty mature for his age and a uh, tough dude mentally. So you you all feel it to some degree, but I don't think it's gonna gonna rattle him the way it maybe would rattle a, a less mature quarterback. And look, we we wrote about this yesterday about the you know in Kenny Pickett the odds on favorite to be benched on 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 some betting sites right now. I to me it'd be absolutely foolish to put any money a because the odds are so low, uh, <laughs> uh, b because I I just I. I it, it would it would be really surprising if they bench Kenny Pickett. Now, could you see a situation if they get in the game and Kenny's just having an off game and and you know maybe for a spark they try to bring in Trubisky and then go back to uh, Kenny Pickett the next game or is that uh, too much toothpaste out of the tube? I don't want to say there's no chance of that. I think trying to shut that off completely. I understand your point and there's logic to it, but I just think. Dave, once you start going down that path, it's hard to come back from it. Again, talk about the history of like how many quarterbacks have turned their careers around from where Pickett's at right now, statistically speaking. How many quarterbacks have done that as they've been benched? I mean, you know, we're we're getting to that Zach Wilson territory of it's been bad. They try to stick by him, they bench him, he comes back, back and forth, that whole thing. That's a that's a big mountain to climb if those things transpire. All right, uh, I don't want to, you know. What else from Mike Tomlin here? I mean, in terms of Canada or just, just, just everything a, else? Everything else that he had to talk yeah. about. Well, anyway. I mean, just to go back to, again, I, I'm focused, hopefully transitioning towards the who's who's here. And that's Eddie Faulkner. That's Mike Sullivan. Tomlin seemed excited about those guys. And Sullivan with the play calling experience is going to help. And, of course, working with Kenny Pickett on a daily basis uh, since he's been drafted. Faulkner, I think, is a really bright. Uh, up-and-comer who's worked the running back room well understanding his contributions will be tougher to do from the outside because he's not going to be the one literally physically calling the plays but i think he's a really smart guy i've enjoyed watching him in practice with the different drills he puts in the way he keeps things fresh and mixes things up so practice does not get stale and camp doesn't get super monotonous so you know i think it's a good opportunity for him uh, with his words about Eddie Faulkner talking about him being a, a, a real steady voice and demeanor and manager's room and gl- great clarity and and natural with people from a communication standpoint and a consistency of communication standpoint. Is there anything to be read in that that maybe Matt Canada was lacking in those areas? 
No, I think he was just talking about the man to Faulkner. I don't think it was any sort of shade about that, but he says on... Because he said about Mike Mm -hmm. Sullivan, too, uh, solid communicator, highly organized, really consistent. I'm I'm just throwing, you know, you just wonder if some of these things that he's talking about, these these guys' strengths, was maybe that something that they didn't have with, 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 with Matt Canada? I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, obviously, Canada had his weaknesses, but I, I don't think that's the the point Tomlin's trying to make when he's asked about those guys and what those guys bring to the table. I think Faulkner, you know, and he's been at the college level, he's been an offensive coordinator before, and as I mentioned, just a very small nugget that does not mean a, a ton. But for about three weeks in 2010, he was the Ball State interim head coach when they fired Stan Parrish until they hired Pete Lumbo from like late November to just before Christmas, Faulkner became the interim head coach. And so he's been interim guy before he's, he's run larger groups. He's been an OC, been a head coach of a team did, did not actually coach a game in the capacity as head coach, but just small things like that. It was, it was back in 2010, a super young guy. So I think that speaks a lot about kind of what they see from him as a leader, as a manager, handling people. When you're in 2010, the dude was probably what 30 something as an interim head coach. Uh, I think it says something about the man. Uh, what other narratives are, are likely to come out of this situation now? Uh, uh, if 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 the, if this team starts scoring points and Kenny starts looking better, it's going to be damn Tomlin. Why why what what took so long for us you know for, for you to get to this point? Could have had a couple extra wins uh, in here. Shame on Mike Tomlin. Oh, uh, or the other narrative will be well, not much has changed. We're not putting up more points. Uh, Kenny hasn't progressed. It's all on Kenny. Well, I think the latter is certainly true. If you change coaches and the results are the same, then people look towards the players. I think Kim Hayward actually made that comment in his podcast last night. He said the offense better get a hold of things because, and I'm paraphrasing, if if, if you change coaches and the results are the same, who do you think they're going to look to? Implying they're going to look towards the players, and and they will. So. There's a lot of pressure to produce these next seven games. All right. And, and really to kind of Mike Tomlin didn't want to address past 2023 and all like that. What does this have to look like for one of Eddie Faulkner or, or uh, Mike Sullivan to be the next offensive coordinator? Yeah, it's a little tricky because they're doing this dual type thing. Um, I mean, just, just the basics. I don't have a, an answer that's going to surprise you. They got to score more. They got to win games, probably get in the playoffs. So they can win a playoff game. Those are all things that would give you a reason to stick with those guys. If this team starts averaging, let's say 21 points a game, gets into the playoffs and win one playoff game. Will one of those two be the offensive coordinator in 2024? I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it, it, the odds it depends on what be, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're describing it and they're scoring more and they're winning a playoff game. So the odds would go up, but I mean, we can make those declarations now in November. We're all going to find out soon. What What is your sense of, of, do you have any, are you more optimistic seeing Faulkner and Sullivan based on what you know about those guys? Like do you have a, did you have a more, do you have your pep in your step today, Dave, with, with this change in, in coaching? You know, I, I boil it back to what my old man used to tell me. Don't tell me about labor pain. Show me the baby. Uh, I want to see what the baby looks like. And that baby, I want to, I, I think a lot of this revolves around Kenny Pickett, period. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I don't, I have no, I don't have a reason. I don't, at my core, 
and I'm older and I'm, you know, I am an optimistic guy. You know me, I'm, I'm optimistic by nature and just everything, you know, that, that we talk about, and mm-hmm. whether it be football or, or, or whatever, but still I'm older. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've, you know, I, I'm more apt to understand that, that, uh, there's some kicking in the teeth that happens, uh, at my core, I'm not overly optimistic because I want to, I, I want to see it at this point, just sure. merely change, merely eliminating, uh, eliminating Matt Canada. I don't think there should be a parade thrown or anything like that. I mean, to obviously to some degree, yes, but because a you know, change is needed, uh, I think, but there's nothing yet based on that decision, that decision alone and way the, and look, the, the, the structure coming out of this isn't overly surprising with him going with, with Faulkner and Sullivan. I, I still have to see it with my own eyes. I get that. And I agree. A change does not mean they're going to be, you know, a better unit. There's a chance for that, but it's no guarantee. They have to play better. They have to execute better. And, and listen, Kenny Pickett, if he keeps missing the throws he's been missing, it doesn't matter if it's, Andy Reid, if it's, you know, whoever is coaching this team, the results are still going to be subpar. So they have to execute better. There's no question about that. But maybe there's just some renewed optimism, some renewed hope inside that locker room that things can change. Maybe the players feel like they've been heard that you know, a change was needed and they're finally making it and that can produce some confidence and, you know, maybe some focus going forward. Where's how, What's the level of the pep in your step on this uh, Wednesday? Um... I'm tired, so I'm trying to get my pep in my step right now. It's been a crazy 24 hours. I need to, I, I, need to, I, need to teach you what coffee's all about. Uh, yeah, I, I really do. I'm not. I went on no caffeine. That's probably maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. Depends on the day. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm excited to some extent just to see something different. See how see how it might look. But I understand this offense has a lot lot of work to do, and it's not all going to be turned around in in one week. Okay. And I'm the same way. I'm just, I, I'm really, really interested now to get into the, the all 22 of this next game yeah. more so than ever to see, you know, uh, is, is Kenny Pickett able to, to operate and, 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 and make, take a visible step forward in his game. And, and as excited as I am for this one game, it, it'll still be just one game and we can't draw conclusions on anyone based off of the one game you have seven games to look at a body work to see will there be progression throughout the year so this will be an important game given who it is AFC North Bengals on the road but it is just one game so I just want to have that context in terms of evaluating how different things are how much how better things are etc you know they ran uh what was it uh one two three six play action plays in this game do we need to start doing a weekly play play action film room or, or report on the site moving forward? Uh, maybe if, it, if it's better, <laughs> that'd be more fun to do the film room on. So how because, successful were they on this play action? Uh, he's been pretty good overall. I think when you look back at play action now in this game uh, against the Browns, uh, six drop back, six attempts, five completions, 23 yards. Now the air yards was only six total air yeah, yards. Yeah, these are all like boots in the flat. Yeah. These aren't deep play action shots. Right. So do we need to see more play action with the ball going down the field uh, a little bit? Is that something potentially maybe to look for? I wonder what his numbers are. Let me change this to uh, for, for the season uh, here to, to date. 
this one thing I was looking at this morning. I mean, just answer that while you're looking that up. Sure, I'm not not opposed to that. They need to create some bigger plays, but it, it can depend on the opponent. When you're facing the Browns' pass rush, the way that they're getting after the quarterback, it's harder to run a deeper drop with your back turned to the defense, and um, you know your quarterback might be getting killed. That's why they ran so many screens and quick game in that one. So it can depend a bit on on who you're facing. Let's see. I'm showing uh, for Kenny Pickett, 47 dropbacks, 46 attempts, meaning he was sacked once, uh, 35 completions, uh, 313 yards, 97 total air yards. Uh, what is his, let me see if I can get his uh depth of completion here on that i don't think i've got that average depth of throw is 4.8 yards on that so you think the completion per, the completion average depth would be a little bit lower than that more than likely mm-hmm. uh on that so and not not great yeah but they run so many boots and mm-hmm. like those types of things you know and I, I don't I don't have the numbers compared to the rest of the NFL. They're, they're probably not good. None of Pickett's numbers have been good this year, but it is just kind of one one slice of of the pie. He's got two of his touchdowns have come via play action, looks like. Okay, I think the Friar Muth, I want to say, against the Raiders. To, Let's to see the how good you are here. That was one yes, and the you, other. You are correct. That would be good Good on you. Uh, it was it was that pass to the short left uh, to Friar mm-hmm. Muth against the Raiders. Can you name the other one, Alex? Can I name the other one? It's not looking good based on how I'm hemming and hawing about it. So it's I'll, I'll been, take my, it was before the before the Raiders game, the Browns game. Then yes, the seventy one yarder. Oh yeah, that was play action. Yeah, because that that I mean, I should have because I referenced this many times. That was Garrett was off the field that play, and Tomlin said like we ran play action because we had the time to run play action. That's why I said you know in the Browns game you didn't see a lot of deeper play action attempts because the pass rush was so effective so yeah i should have known i've written about that a couple times all right so those were your two do you think i'm kind of changing gears here a bit is matt canada coaching anywhere in football in 2024 (laughs) i think he will uh if he is it's probably as a quarterback's coach yeah probably goes back to college is my guess but i think he will be coaching somewhere all He's right. not a man that stays in one place very long. Have you seen his right. resume? Like two and a half years is a long time for Matt Canada to be in one place, believe it or not. Actually, three and a half years, I guess, because he's quarterback coach in 2020. All right. I don't think too many people care about that. <laughs> no, I know. But just throwing something different at you. Did you, how much do you think the frustration that was seemingly building up in the locker room played an influence in the decision to fire Canada? I, or do you I, think it was solely just production based? No, I, 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 I think that, uh, I thought, I think that, that along with the loss was a was a heavy tipping point. I when you go back to the that 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 sentence that I mentioned from Tomlin, uh, largely have kept to themselves. I, I think there were you know uh, Naj and we said this you know before before the Canada firing you know a a lot was to be made about what Najee did and didn't say after that game. A lot can be read into that when you have a guy that's really pretty much happy go lucky for the most part, you know, uh, for him to kind of leave some open-ended things and, and say what he said. And I, there, there were some things going on in there. Now, was it uh, confident? I, I, I feel that those guys just, just, a 
didn't like Canada or B, uh, they didn't have a lot of confidence in what they were doing at the, maybe they were reading a lot of stuff that maybe they, uh, they felt it was, it was as, you know, more predictable, uh, because look, the, the, the coaches might not read the stuff, but the players damn sure do. You know, and, and sure. I think I, I think they just they they continuously see the stat out there. The what was it, fifty seven, fifty eight games, and and you constantly see the outgained stat. How you know? How can you ignore that unless you just turn? Which I I am a firm believer that that players should bury their hand head in the sand and and. You know, it's impossible. It's easy for me to say. I live on the damn internet. You know. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you're the least uh, head buried person I know, Dave. Right, but uh, if it, if it was up to me trying to guide, and I, I imagine Matt, uh, Mike Tomlin tells him to to this too, guys, do your best to just don't read that stuff and all like that. But you can't turn on the TV without seeing your Stephen A. Smiths and your Colin Cowards and your 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 guys that really don't watch the game. But they have the stats and, and all like that, and it's an easy talking point to throw that up every week. And we do the same thing; we put it out there on Twitter and all like that. You know, I wonder how much of 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 the influence of that played into it. And tired of seeing that, tired of it. You know, uh, I I just I I think that the overall confidence in what they were doing and asked to be, you know, they they lost confidence in it. I agree. And then, and then the frustrations boiling over, and uh, you have the you know, uh, everybody wants the ball, obviously. And then, you know, I just think of and you see Deontay Johnson's boy's body language on the field was, mm-hmm, was cool. not great the other day against the Browns. And then you had to report to him having to be pulled, pulled, you know, separated from a coach or what I probably imagine that might have been a Matt Canada, uh, situation. Nah, I think it was Canada. They would have said it was Canada. Uh, okay. I bet you it was like Frisma Jackson, the receiver's okay. coach or something. That's my, that's and, my and, guess. All right. And, and, and maybe that was the case here. I, uh, just boiling this back to kind of what Tomlin gave us there, that little snippet there. I, I, I think it played a part into that along with loss. Yeah. And telling a bunch of 20 somethings to stay off social media. Sure. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, they're all a lot. They're not watching TV. They're on Twitter. They're on TikTok. I mean, that kind of stuff. And, and you absorb a lot of that, which can be even more negative in a lot of respects. So I'm sure some of them tune it out. And I think if you ever lose a game in the NFL, throw your phone in in, in the whatever, throw your phone away for 24 hours because just don't look at that stuff. But you see it. It's been years. This has been going and you're going to see it over time. All right. And look, Andrew, and what we do at our core mostly is negative based anyway, right? What do you mean? What do you mean by? I mean, where, you know, it, it's easier to be, sex sells, right? You know, uh, uh, the more negative stuff seems to sell uh, more more than anything. And at the core, you're you're looking, you know, when we go through all twenty two, we obviously try to point out as, as much good stuff. But you know, you're more apt to how did this how did this explosive play happen against them? You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I mean. More media overall, just in general, and, and and what we do too is is probably more negative based, and it's easy to be negative based when you have some of these overarching streaks and yardage, and especially related to the offense. I don't know. I I feel like there's a really good response and a desire for people to want to read about when things are good, and I think you know some of the the conversations we've had articles we've written videos we've done reflect that I, sure I think well, look, just, we, we try to balance it obviously but it, it, in the situation that coming out of the matt canada stuff it's it's 
you know, it's more negatively based. Yeah, because, I mean, it's been all negative. I mean, it, it's, right. it's been really bad right now. I mean, I, I, I stand by the adage of it's never as it's never as good as it seems, never as bad as it seems. Sure. There's always kind of uh, you know some nuance to it. Um, but but whatever the the story is gets amplified. If it's good, it gets amplified in a in a really positive direction. If things are bad, it gets amplified in that direction. So that that's you know, the, the internet's a megaphone for the general tenor of how things are going. And look, especially on Twitter, it's more negative based, right? Yeah, I would say so, generally speaking. All right. Um, all right, Dave, anything else there from the Tomlin Press or any kind of final thoughts here on the Canada cleanup? No, not really. All right. Had an article today on some potential 2024 replacements. Again, just a couple names. I'm sure they were mentioned elsewhere before. I'm not pretending like I'm the first to probably uncover these. Just my own research, though. I have not read what anyone else has said or done. And there's going to be more names to talk about. I was trying to focus on just names that have you know, probably a quarterback background, some experience and connections to Pittsburgh, because those are logical areas to start that conversation. So just want to run through some of these names. I'm not advocating for all or any of these names, just names that I think make sense based on the dot connecting what Pittsburgh may be looking for. First off to me, Pep Hamilton, who's currently working for NFL Network. They requested an interview for him back in 2021. I actually don't know if it took place, but they attempted to have one. Um, quarterback background, coach Justin Herbert to his rookie of the year uh, campaign. Um, you know, still pretty young overall, good experience. I think Hamilton could be a guy they circle back to. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I, I had even forgot about that, but there had been links to him in the past. So, uh, yeah, good on you for having him on the list. We mentioned, I think, on our Monday live stream, Daryl Bevel, the Dolphins quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator with all the success they're having, getting a lot of praise for that. He's been a coordinator a bunch of times before, and he coached with Mike Tomlin in Minnesota in 2006. Bevel, the OC, Tomlin, the DC. That's a name that I think you're going to hear about a lot after the season ends, Dave. I, I would agree. Same with Byron Leftwich, unemployed, probably the number one name you'll hear about. I think he probably will get an interview at some point after the season for all the ties to Pittsburgh. Etc. I think it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, I, I would agree with that one as well. Yep. If Pittsburgh's goal is to fix Kenny Pickett, which it is, Mark Whipple, who I believe is unemployed. He was last with Nebraska last season. Um, he, of course, coached Kenny Pickett at Pitt to his breakout 2021 year. Pickett has credited Coach Whip many times. Of course, Whipple was Big Ben's quarterback coach in 2004 when he broke into the NFL. It may not be the long-term solution. Whipple, I think, is an, an older gentleman. But if the goal is we're all in on Pickett, then why not reunite him with his former coach? I think someone has sent us an email. I read the last 24, 48 hours that he's dealt with undisclosed medical issues in 2022. And I think uh, whoever the emailer is said something about his wife might be having medical issues as well. Uh, I have not. I'm, I'm looking at some headlines right now. Uh, and I'm, and this is October. This is from Husk, Husker Extra, uh, from October, 2022. And I'm told that there was a rumor going around that his health might cause him to step down from coaching after this weekend. Whip, I didn't read the full article there, but there's another article from the athletic, uh, cause he's, uh, has dealt with undisclosed medical issues this year. He required a cart to aid his mobility. I think, didn't he, uh, get run into and tear something. But anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's health issues or whatnot mm -hmm. with him. He's a little bit, obviously uh, a little bit older, older. Uh, yeah. uh, up, up there in age. I mean, the, the fit obviously 
looking at it from a fit because obviously we can't sit here and 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 pull everybody you know uh go go deep dive all these guys but may, maybe there's something health related the fit i definitely understand you know and i understand mm-hmm. why you have them on there i uh, i do wonder about some of this health stuff and all yeah there's certainly stuff behind the scenes that may not be as evident so again just names that that make sense at some level and where it goes from there who knows but i think a name worth at least mentioning it's come up before i know he's kind of briefly commented on that but i believe that's when he was still with nebraska next on the list i think is less likely but jay gruden who i don't think is in the nfl currently he's done some media stuff this year he was a consultant for the rams last season i know he's had some you know terrible moments you know did not work out as a head coach in washington but he was on staff with tomlin in tampa bay back in the, the early 2000s um, Sean McVay thought highly enough of him to hire Gruden as a consultant for 2022. You know, Tomlin and McVay are close. So if McVay, who's a great offensive mind, you know, was thought Gruden was valuable to bring in, maybe Tomlin would as well. I wonder a little bit about his kind of temperament uh personality. Yeah, thing. that was exactly what I was if you're going to compare him and look, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe maybe that's what they need, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh 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 that kind of stuff there. A guy that comes in and says, look, this is the way it's gonna, you know, uh gonna be on some of this stuff. But then you do worry about what some of those pressers might look like and <laughs> and, and him potentially maybe throwing some people under the bus and 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 all like that. I, I would just be more concerned about that, wondering if he fits in from a uh organizational you know temperament attitude uh standpoint not sure. so it's, much the, not so much the football uh uh ackerman standpoint it's a fair critique but to your point do they need a butt kicker do they need kind of a dude to really lay down the law i mean i don't canada i don't really know i don't really know what canada's personality as a coach was i don't know if he was like that real i don't know if he was that real kind of military ride your butt kind of dude feet definitely was not that type of dude so maybe they, they a young offense might need that kind of kick of the pants. All right. Next up is uh, T. Martin, former fifth round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, for, uh, drafted ahead of Tom Brady in that uh, infamous class. He's now the Baltimore Ravens quarterbacks coach. Lamar Jackson having a very good season overall. Um, you know, a guy that coached at the college level for quite some time. Never been an NFL OC. That might be one thing against him, but did it at USC, I believe, for a short time. And uh, obviously Baltimore having success this season and, and just 45 years old. Well, and obviously has been around the NFL game for a while. Yeah. Alex Van Pelt, couple of Cleveland names mm-hmm. here. Now Van Pelt is the OC quarterbacks coach in Cleveland. So you might ask, well, why, you know, go be the OC in Pittsburgh when you're the OC in Cleveland? Well, he's not the play caller in Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski is Stefanski runs that offense. So if Tomlin were to sit there and say, Van Pelt, give you the keys. You're running the offense. I'm a defensive-minded guy. You're, you're the play caller. You're the dude. There might be something attractive to that. He was also drafted by the Steelers back in 1993. He's worked with uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's, I think, spoken highly of Van Pelt and the Browns. You know, Despite all their adversity, I think is having success this season. So Van Pelt, a name to mention. All right, another good uh, dot connect. And, a, and, and played at Pitt. And actually, Kenny Pickett broke Van Pelt's record for career yards at Pitt uh, in, his, in his college career. Sticking with Cleveland, I almost did not put his name on the list, but Chad O'Shea from the Browns, the wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator. He was the Dolphins OC in 2019. It did not go well. He got fired by Brian Flores after one year. Reportedly, the playbook was too complicated, but apparently it's kind of rebuilt his reputation because the Jets and the Ravens interviewed him to be the uh, their offensive coordinator this past cycle. Did not get hired, but people thought enough of him to give him 
another interview, and he was also on staff with Tomlin in 2006 in Minnesota. O'Shea was an offensive assistant there where Tomlin was the D.C., so they probably know each other a little bit, and O'Shea, of course, has kind of been around the AFC North for a little while now. All right, another good dot connect. And once again, uh, 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 the overarching uh, tone to, to, to this list that you built is the dot connecting aspect right. of it. There will probably be another list after the season ends with kind of less ties to Pittsburgh, some more time to go through these guys, but just kind of a, a, a logical list of names because, again, the, the Canadas, the Feetners, the Haley's, et cetera, all kind of had ties in one way or another to Pittsburgh. And then finally on this list, David Girardi, I believe I saw him mentioned on Twitter before, so again, I'm not taking credit for finding this one, but a Pittsburgh area native. He was born in New Ken, which is my neck of the woods. Uh, been around uh, the, the game for a little bit. He's been in Kansas City, climbing the ladder there. First quality control. Now Patrick Mahomes, quarterbacks coach. Pretty young overall, but to be in that building, learning from until he left this past year, Eric Bieniemy. Of course, learning from Andy Reid. Um, kind of more of a truer outsider and kind of a young, exciting potential hire. All right. Uh, once again, I, I, I appreciate the dot connect. I don't know much about him overall. Uh, of all those on the list there, and and obviously you haven't really deep, you know, gone gone mm-hmm. much, much deeper than surface level. But just off the cuff, uh, from from what you do know, who would you consider to be the uh, best kind of quarterback whisperer, if you will, of the of the group? If you if you had to the most quarterback friendly uh, of, of of those that you have on our list. Yeah, without maybe doing a deeper dive into their background, the two that, that come to mind just off the top when you ask that question is Van Pelt and Pep Hamilton. Okay. So I, I think Pep Hamilton makes a lot of sense here. Dave, I mean, they had interest before, obviously. He's worked with quarterbacks. He's had success. Um, he's still relatively young, but he's got experience overall. I, I could see Tomlin really coming back, coming back to that guy. All right. Good point. Have you thought about any potential OC names? I know we're kind of so still fresh into this, but that conversation is now drumming up any names at all, whether they're connected to Pittsburgh or not, about potential candidate replacements. In no, once again, you know, I, you know, uh, I, I think Bevel's an interesting name. Uh, nothing out there that that really hasn't, you know, that that you haven't hit on and all like that. I mean, I, to me, I would find it a bit surprising if they, if this wasn't a dot connect. To be honest with you. What do you think? just broadly speaking, they're going to be looking for in the next OC of the Pittsburgh Steelers, just in terms of baseline resume. Someone is someone that's, uh, you know, has been in the NFL game. I think, uh, someone who is younger, uh, someone more apt to be, uh, you know, uh, termed quarterback friendly, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that aspect, uh, someone that, is still, you know, once again, young enough and 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 kind of maybe more in tune with with n- you know new newer wrinkles, if you will. Look, we, we talk about this all the time. There are new wrinkles in the NFL, but at its core, you still got your core stuff, right? You know, so mm-hmm. and then when you do add new wrinkles, the NFL quickly catches up to those new wrinkles and how to defend those. So I I think the term uh innovator progressive you know uh uh that's why i'm 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 less apt to go you know who who was uh, caldwell i would be less apt to go with a guy like caldwell 
you know, Jim Caldwell, who's a guy that's been linked to the Steelers a couple of times, you know, an old fiery kind of, you know, uh, uh, stuck in his ways and roots kind of thing. And uh, he's obviously been removed from the NFL a little bit as well, too. I mean, would Jim Caldwell be a guy that could potentially be on the list? Potentially wouldn't rule him out. How old is Caldwell Caldwell at this point? I know he's an older. Yeah, he's gotta be, I don't know what he's, he's been doing in the lately. 60s, doesn't he? Looks like 68. He'll be 69 yeah. in January, and he's a senior assistant for the Panthers. Yeah, I don't, I mean, maybe, but I don't really feel like that's going to be the guy getting back into a full time coordinator role. What about a Frank Reich? If should something happen mm-hmm. there, what about a Dorsey? Yeah, I mean, those all make sense too. I mean, heck, if the Browns were to fire Kevin Stefanski, which they're not, that would have been a great fit because Tomlin worked with him before, and Stefanski is a great offensive mind. So, but that's not going to happen because he's he's obviously going to stay with Cleveland. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a million names you could throw out there, and I think a lot of them make sense. I, I think it is important to kind of start with what is the resume they're going to look for. Let me ask you this. Do you think the next hire has to have NFL play calling experience, or do you think they would be willing to take a first-time play caller the way that Canada was at the NFL level? I think they'd be willing to take a first-time play caller as long as the the, the person has been around the game. Yeah, okay. at, the, at the NFL level, I mean. Sure, that's fair. So I don't know. I wonder if they're going to want some more experience to try to accelerate this process. And so that guy's not going through his growing pains as a play caller. while Kenny Pickett's trying to, because 2024 is kind of make a break for Kenny Pickett. So right. I, I tell you, thing up. my biggest fear is, 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 is if we don't see enough progression with Kenny Pickett with, with the change that, that, that you see right now. Yeah, it's going to be a concern. I think, I think the mission is assuming they're going to stick with Pickett for 2024 is, Let's hire the best guy that can work with Kenny Pickett and fix our quarterback. Right. That's that's their number one goal. That that's why I go back to the most quarterback. That that's mm-hmm. why I use the most quarterback friendly. You know, right. And that's why my list is populated by a lot of quarterback backgrounds. I, 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 don't, I don't think it would happen with Bruce Arians, but uh, uh, you, you know, or if he would even want to, you know. But, He's still uh, technically with Tampa Bay as like their consultant front office role, some, something right, like that. You know, isn't it funny? The further you down. get away from some of these off offensive coordinators, they 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 look like saltines. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you go uh, at some point. You know, hopefully not in the near future, but uh, uh, you know, will 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 people pine for 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 Matt Canada? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my my breath about it. Um, but I just wrote an article yesterday. I think it was from. What about Todd betting. Todd Haley? Would would Todd Haley even be in consideration here? Wasn't he coaching in the whatever the USFL is supposed he's, to be? He's right out now? right now. I think is he out he? right now? I don't even know what the status of that league is. That league's all mixed. I up. thought I read something where Memphis or something uh, parted ways with him or something like that. Wasn't that the last stop? Oh that yeah, had there? The October twenty third, twenty twenty three. He got fired. Apparently, I don't think Haley's coming back. In the yeah, I, I, I just throwing it out there. Yeah, no, I understand. Again, there's a million names. Again, I think this uh, ninety three seven. The fan we wrote about this through one of those betting odds websites mentioned the likes. Uh, Alex Tanney, the quarterbacks coach in Philadelphia, Scott Tolzien, the quarterbacks coach in Dallas. I mean, you could you could list a hundred names, even college. Would you have no interest in a, in a college guy coming up? It would have even to if be he, even if he had some NFL experience in the past, but was just back in college. Well, I mean, once again, if he if he has some NFL experience on his resume on the staff, okay, would, but would, just would, like would, a little bit. 
like a like a like a Glenn Thomas resume of a couple years in the NFL. You know, was back in college, Frisman Jackson, kind of the same thing. Just that type of resume. I mean, as long as there's some something that you could point to there that, that that's tangible. You know? Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to discount it. I think it's less likely, but not gonna not gonna discount it. Once again, I uh, we'll see. Obviously, you got a lot of time to speculate and build on the list and all like this. I, I I will be surprised if in 2024, whoever, assuming it's not someone you know uh, like like Faulkner or Sullivan, I'll be surprised if there's not the dot connecting in there because you can all now look you can play the seven degrees of separation probably mm-hmm. dot connect you know everybody to everybody right but i mean as sure. far as uh you know for second level dot connection i'll be surprised if, if, if that's not there all right fair enough anything else here dave should just kind of mention we did touch on it yesterday the team signing blake martinez to the 53-man roster off the panthers practice squad that move was made official today and we'll see about Shaq Leonard. He'll uh, get the waiver information on him by, I guess, 4 p.m. today. I'm guessing he won't be claimed, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, when, when guys, if, if, if a guy's claimed off waivers, you can physical him, right? And then uh, if he doesn't pass, revert that. Is- yes, I think that happened at some point this year with the Patriots or something. Right. If it's got his passive physical, then it doesn't pass if he, you know, he goes, goes right. fish in the water. Yeah. Right. Uh, but. Uh- yeah, I, I'm kind of expecting him to clear waivers. And if he does, I, I think it does. I, I I think it sets up in the Steelers' favor there. You know, if they if they deem him ha- look, they they need some they need somebody that that uh uh that they, they can trust more in the middle of that defense, I think, from a uh organizational communication standpoint. I think you know they trust uh, the land. I don't know if Shaq Lender can come in and do that on the fly. Like I think they trust the land. Not right away, but maybe yeah. if you get to the back end of this thing you can. But anyway, you know, long story short, I if if they think he's healthy, uh I I could see them reaching out to him if he clears waivers. I think they'd yeah. be a lot less apt to claim him. The salary is the issue with right. Leonard for for him and all teams about six million he's owed the rest of the way. That's yeah. hefty of the apple. I mean, they could do it like you've laid out. They could, sure. but it's, it's sure. a lot to take on. Sure. You just bring TJ and Watt. I mean, they probably already got that signed anyway, if they need it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to yeah. restructure, but, uh, uh, they obviously would like to have a, a, a cheaper bite of the apple there, but I mean, also six, you know, 6 million is not astron. It's astron astronomical to where they are cap wise, because, it, you know, you have to make, make concessions there, but you know, it's not like you're talking about 12 million or something mm-hmm. like that. I know he was unhappy with his role with the Colts and some Colts buddies. I have not studied him. Said this guy's kind of on the back end of his career. He's making he's, he's right. not making the plays he's he's used to making. So there's a question about what he has left. But this this Steelers team looking for talent. They're searching every corner of talent. Jack Martinez, recently retired guys, and so Leonard is a name to to watch. Look, I, I couldn't think if he still thinks he can play and can to some degree, even as a as a you know part time guy. I, I I can't imagine he him not thinking, man, that's a good shot to play for Tomlin, and I've got seven games to repair. Uh, you know, uh, show people that I can play and 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 maybe parlay that into a contract during the off season. Right. I've just heard Buffalo potentially being a suitor as well after they lost uh, Matt Milano earlier this point. season. I don't know. Obviously, I have no idea where he's going to go, but we'll let you know. Maybe have an answer by Friday. All right. All right, Dave. Anything else to talk about? You want to get through some reader emails and close out today's show? I imagine there's a lot of emails. We did. uh, There's not a lot to mop up from the all 22 from the Browns game, right? No. And at this point, 
if it's not really anything anything defensively, we talk about the offense enough. Anything defensively that's like I used to, you had some good clips of Highsmith in that game. Oh boy, what what about that one play on the chase, man? What if he doesn't get there on the backside of that, man? That, that's one of the things where it's very beneficial to have the all 22 because uh, the TV tape really, even though the TV tape does do it some justice, if he doesn't make that tackle, is that a home run? I think he's 1v1 on Casey, and you find out who wins that battle. So I'm glad we did not have to find out. Man, both those guys do such a good job of chasing from the backside, don't they? Yeah, their run defense is underrated. Obviously, the pass rush is what you get paid for, what, what you get put in the highlight reel for. But I think Watt against tight ends, backside, Highsmith the same. Those guys are high effort dudes. And, and I know people will say, well, that's his job anyway to chase from the back. And it is, you know, uh, but he had to go a long way on that. Yeah, like a long way, like more than usual. He's running 20 yards to make a, and, you know, a five-yard tackle. And there's a big hole there if he doesn't make that. And that that even, even you know, it's one thing to chase and it maybe be a two- or three-yard gain. I think it was only like a one-yard gain on that play. That oh, was that it? Yeah. So that, that's a, a run stop from the backside. That's mm-hmm. tough to do. You don't see that too often from that distance. Uh, uh, and, and obviously saw a lot of zone in that game from the defense. And I, I thought they did a really good job at halftime just to kind of adjusting to kind of what they saw. You know, Joey Porter had his time with, with Amari Cooper. And uh, I, as I said the other day, this, you know, grow up game for him you know, uh, seeing and going against that kind of stuff. You know, maybe we're going to see him travel a little bit more than what we even thought, you know, moving forward here. Yeah, he's been doing it. I mean, he did it a lot on Watson. He did it a lot on Cooper. So probably we'll see it. Uh, does he does he travel with Chase? I think Looking so. Like it. Looking like it. Yeah. Um, big, big time challenge. He's probably going to embrace. Quickly, did you get any impression on Trent Thompson and Michael Walker, kind of two new guys in the fold? Uh schematically not so much other than than effort and tackling and 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 look i mean trenton had one uh probably should have intercepted there i thought he came up and and took uh relatively good angles and all like that in 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 help and support and all like that so uh i think uh, at its core i thought he represented himself well and then walker kind of the same same deal yeah i just uh there were a couple of things I think stuck out where kind of wondered if he knew exactly what was going on with that defense still and where to be <laughs> on, on a couple of those plays. And That's he's, he, boy, and it, boy, just to see him on the hoof on the all 22, he's a, he's a, he's a bigger guy, you know, uh, uh, overall taller, you know, uh, but I, I think that, I think it, it, it makes sense of why they want to even a more experienced guy, you know, what, why they have gone back to adding Jack to the practice squad and, and Martinez uh, uh, off the 50, uh, off the practice squad of the Panthers to the 53. I think they just want some more overall experience in there and, and football mm. ac- acumen. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Got to get used to seeing these numbers. 38 for Walker. Miles Jack's were in 16 now. Mm. Oh, that's going to be it's going to be an adjustment, assuming we see him on the field at some point. Yeah, and I think Josina Anderson uh, had a report out there yesterday, last night or whenever, saying that uh, uh, they want to make sure they can get him back up to football shape first to see where yeah. it goes from there. So I, I, long story short, I'm not expecting him. Uh, stranger things have happened, but I'm not expecting him to be elevator on the 53 or game day rostering in at least on Sunday. Yeah, and that's why he starts on the practice squad to kind of give him that time instead of having to occupy a spot on the 53. All uh, right, Dave. Did, did we hit on the injuries real quick? We'll we'll see what um, happens with Mika and and Montravius today. I think those are the guys that 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 we have circled to watch, right? 
Yeah, it's kind of the how was the rest of the play, Mrs. Lincoln type vibe there with the injuries. Yeah, not a whole lot of clarity there. You know, we'll see if Minka practices, hasn't practiced since since week eight. Uh, Adams, you know, apparently pretty serious ankle injury there. We'll see what today's report bring, brings this team. All right, let's get to some emails. Wrap this state, wrap this baby up here. All right, uh, let's do it. Eric Foster writes in, uh, thanks for what you do. Uh, like all your emailers, I'm a complete Steelers homer and want to blindly <coughs> be blindly optimistic about the Steelers' future. So I'm trying to tear down the character of someone. So hear me out before you judge. Do you think Canada was a jerk? Kenny has clearly regressed, and, and I struggle to think an athlete with enough skill to make it to the NFL just goes backwards. Do you think it is possible that Canada was really hard to work with and it got in Kenny's head? X's and O's aside, uh, this is their job, and I think we have all worked with toxic people and breaks uh, and it breaks down your performance. This is pure speculation. He says, I have no basis for this except for that I haven't heard ever heard players come to his defense. I'm not trying to tear down the character of the man, and I'm not one to celebrate anyone losing their job two days before Thanksgiving. I'm asking in an effort to be hopelessly optimistic that Kenny can turn around. Yeah, look, I, I understand the. you want something to grasp onto. You want something to further blame this on to give you hope that this was all Canada. I just think the reader's trying to make some sense of why this thing went as south as it did, especially this year. Um, I, I kind of forgot to mention this thought, too, on Canada. You know, 2021, you had the excuse of he's first-year OC with Ben, awkward fit, doesn't work. Okay, fair. 2022, young, youngest offense in football, you know, new quarterbacks, doesn't work. Okay, fair. 2023 was supposed to be the year. It all came together, and it did not come together. And so there's no excuses. I wrote back in January. It was time for Matt Canada to land the plane, and he did not land the plane. Obviously, to to the question, I understand the question. I'm not I'm not taking offense to the question. I've heard stories about Canada not being a pleasant person to work with. There's people on my Twitter timeline, coaches that I that I trust and respect that have not had good things to say. I think there was a comment from Narduzzi whenever he left Pitt. Canada did that was not uh, very positive about Matt Canada. I, I don't know the man, so I can't speculate to that. Pat Frymuth having some nice things to say about the guy today, of course, after he's out the building. Um, so I've heard some stories about Canada, but, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure. I would like to hope that Mike Tomlin to some degree would be able to tamper some of that stuff down. Yeah. I just, in terms of hey, you're being a jerk, <laughs> right. I mean, it may be different in the NFL when versus when you're in college and you try to be a tougher on those guys cause they're younger. And, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard some stories that weren't positive for Canada. Um, but I really can't speak to the man. All right, uh, Chuck Griffith writes in, hope all is well. Steelers Depot coverage has been fantastic as always. Thank you, Chuck. Would you rather play conservative, win games, not find out much about Kenny? Number two, experiment with the offense, throw everything at the wall to see what sticks, learn everything about Kenny, likely not make the playoffs. Uh, look, I, I, you know, play, play conservative, win games, not find out much you can play conservative still to a degree, and I expect them still to be a run-heavy offense uh, and, and still have Kenny throw the football. You know, I I, I don't know where the – where to play conservative. You know, no, I don't think anybody in their right mind wants Kenny dropping back and, and, and gunslinging it 40-something times a game unless they're behind. To answer the question, I want to win. What is the yeah. path to victory? I want to win. I want to get back in the playoffs. I'm tired of this team not winning a postseason game. So I don't, 
I know you're trying to make the choice of like, do you want to, would you rather find out about Pickett and losses or, you know, not really find out about Pickett and try to hide him in wins? I think if you're going to win, if you're going to make a run, you're going to end up finding things about Pickett along the way. I don't think you can hide that guy completely the rest right. of the season. So I, I understand the question, but I, what is, what do you say that Al Davis says? Just win, baby. Just win. Yeah. Uh, expe- you know, look, I, I expect them to tinker with the offense, not so much experiment. I would like to see them mix things up uh, and add in some some more wrinkles. And uh, and look, I mean, the, the goal here overall is to make get the best out of Kenny in these last seven games, period. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Nick Shuley writes in, I'm to the point uh, where the terrible podcast has become therapeutic. God help you, Nick. Mm. Uh, Send you the bill, Nick. Yeah. I wanted to give you guys your flowers on this Thanksgiving week. I think I speak for a lot of folks when I say you guys have become a staple in many of our lives. Thank you so much for all the great content on the depot is my homepage on my work computer. Don't miss an episode of your pod. You guys have helped uh, get myself and many others through a lot. Keep up the great work. I think you've given us a little bit too much credit there. Look, uh, Nick, appreciate it. And he says, happy Thanksgiving. Much love. Same to you, Nick, uh, there. We're just two guys that like to talk football uh, here and as objectively as possible and talk about things that maybe a lot of people don't talk about, go down a lot of different rabbit holes and not seem so structured, which that's one thing we're not overly at. We, we just get on here and start talking. And a lot of times I, a lot of times I forget that people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it turns into a conversation with Alex uh, more than anything. But Nick, I uh, appreciate uh, the kind words there. Uh, yeah, thank you, Nick. Uh, here's the one from Dan Hedrick. He says, uh, hi, guys. There was a quick OC conversation on a live chat about Mark Whipple. He says he retired when Scott Frost was fired and Matt Rule was hired. He and his wife have 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 had health issues, I believe. He says, I won't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they promoted within, but they should get uh, someone proven in the NFL, just my opinion. We shall see. Okay. Thank that's the, the email that I referenced earlier there. Uh, yeah. Tim, now, to Tim, be fair, you could, maybe the health issues are better. I don't know. Maybe yeah, don't retire, don't know. you know, just, just, but fair point, but I just want to point that out because I think beyond that, there's a lot of ties to Kenny Pickett. Right. Uh, Alex is just more of the dot connecting uh, here. First and mm-hmm. foremost, uh, surf, surface layer stuff. Uh, Tim writes in, Dave and Alex, I'm a longtime listener. I want to thank you for all the technical talk and analysis. I've been inspired to study more. Watching our offense provoked a flashback to the short Mike Vick era, a nightmare of two yard gains and punts. There's life after Canada, he says. Yeah, boy, there is. Boy. I mean. What, what what do you think about the flashback to the short Mike Vick era? I'll tell you what, Mike Vick was an athletic son of a gun. And when you're able to do some of the things that he had with the athleticism and, and he had, you know, he could un- uncork one too, couldn't he? Oh yeah. Even in, in his, you know, twilight, a uh, couple of games with Pittsburgh in that season. Um, yeah. I mean, the passing game was miserable, but that charge scheme member, they won it with, with Vick there with, with Bell at the, at the, on the final play, but oh, I guess that's where he's coming from. Yeah, as, as, as a oh, as as the stealer there. Okay, I get it now. It makes makes sense. I'm a little bit slow there. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, better. Yeah. Better days could be ahead, and we'll see how things look starting on Sunday. Uh Brett now writes in. Do you think the Steelers will look 
uh, for another tackle in this year's draft? And if so, which side? And that's uh, on top of him saying, I'm a, uh, you were discussing Jones' position left to right tackle going forward. His question was, assuming Jones is equally capable uh, of, of playing either right or left tackle, a big assumption, but so far looks to be true. He says, who is the who is better at their current position? More at left tackle or core four at right tackle? He says, to me, that's the more important uh, question. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think there's flexibility there because it now seems like Jones can play on either side. Um, I don't expect a core four to be a stealer in 2024, so I kind of remove him from the equation. And I think the approach... Mike Tomlin said uh, Dan Moore is not a, not a right tackle either, right? Right. No, Dan Moore is definitely a left tackle. So I think the approach for Pittsburgh is, yeah, tackle can be on that list, but just find the best tackle. Whether he's left or right, you can, you can make it work because Jones... Right has that flexibility. So there actually probably is some freedom to, I think Jones, ideally, you know, left side, Jeff would be that kind of guy. He's just more natural there, but you can probably work at either. So just go find a really good tackle and, 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 you know, proceed from there. Do you think the Steelers will look for another tackle in this year's draft from where I sit right now? Uh, I, my, my short answer would be yes. Uh, I don't think it'd be first round, but, Anything beyond that, I, I could see potentially being on the table, and especially if if you cut bait with a core four. I wouldn't even rule out first round. You know, if it's not okay. tackle, I mean, it, you know, it could be a million positions, but I wouldn't even necessarily. I, I mean, I don't know the likelihood of it, but I wouldn't. I would not rule it out here in November. All right, Tim T writes in. Uh, I'm not sure if this was brought up in the past, but how tall is Pickett? It seems to me like he is has a hard time seeing over linemen, and hence has has to bail out of the pocket. Is this the thing? I've, I've never looked at uh, Pickett's uh, height height as being an issue. Official weigh in 6033. So 6'3 three and 3 eighths. That's solid size. Um, listen, most offensive linemen are taller than the quarterback. Most offensive linemen, you know, are 6'4. You know, Those tackles are can be really tall. I mean, the interior guys are often a little bit shorter, but I, I don't see that as an issue with Pickett. Me either. Uh, Todd writes in, if the Steelers would have won, Canada would still be employed, he says. So maybe this is a good way to accelerate unknown questions. That's hard to hard to disagree with that uh, there. Uh, if Pickett still struggles or avoids the middle of the field, is that because Tomlin demanded that all along or because of Pickett's uh, lack of progress? I guess we will find out, he says. Yeah, I guess we will. I mean, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Todd. Yeah, we'll see. And then you know, it's a variety of reasons for the lack of middle field usage. It's not just one thing. I don't think it was dictated that they can't throw it there. Or they shouldn't throw it there or mandated by the coaching staff. Uh, but again, we'll see how things look under Sullivan and Faulkner. Let's hit one more from Nick Gooden here. Right. in. just watch Tom on Tuesday. And I'm really excited to hear what Yins have to say about all of it right now. feels like you could have a four hour podcast and still not hit everything. Here's the thing, Nick, we tried to add, uh, I'll read the rest of the question here in a minute. Uh, at the top of it, I, you know, we, we have as much as we, we think that we'd like to know, we still have a lot of questions that we don't know the answer to. There's just a lot of questions that we have. What will this look like? What, what, what will uh, that look like? And, and I say that for the fact is I'm not sure we could have a four, four hour podcast. We already had a 45 minute podcast on Tuesday and we dedicated how long at, at the opening today, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah, and, I mean, good, and then what else? What? How else could we dig and attack that thing? Come coming out of the the, the news at this point. In other words, I don't even think we could put a four hour podcast 
uh, uh, together at this point coming out of the Canada news. Yeah, I like a challenge. I think we could do it. We could go down some rabbit holes. Um, to I mean, your we, point, we could though, get into more, you know, uh, uh, stats related, you know, a- mm-hmm. aspect of it. I'm sure. To your point, though, Pittsburgh probably does not know what this thing's going to look like either. They're in uncharted territory, firing a coach midseason. Like right. That's never happened before. So they're not even fully sure how this thing's going to go. We're, we're all kind of along for the ride right now and see how this thing looks on Sunday. Tomlin was asked something about looking ahead and looking at next year, and his response was something like, we're focused on the Bengals. Steelers organization is not wired to think about the bigger picture, he writes. Uh, I understand that you often can't take things said in press conferences literally, but man, it sure feels like the Steelers don't do a good enough job of planning for the bigger picture, and that's why they find themselves with high ceilings and low floors in recent years thoughts he says p.s shout out to matt canada it clearly wasn't working but man to be able to take the amount of heat that that he (laughs) did every single day and still stay professional and work hard through it is commendable in my book hope he gets another shot to do his thing he writes Uh, as far as the thing about uh big picture look i mike i i i believe mike tomlin when he's not worried right now past what happens in his final seven games i i believe him and rightfully so. They're six and four. They're in the playoff race, man. They're not, the season's not over far from it. They're trying to get this thing righted and make a playoff push and capitalize on, on the start of the season with the, in which they had from a win loss perspective. So yeah, every, every moment should be focused on winning this next game. You can focus. So I got a lot of time on focus on 2020, uh, 2024 once this season ends. So will be plenty of time to, to reflect and think about the future. So I think that's a fine answer by, uh, Tomlin and I appreciate the sentiment on, on, on Canada. He took a lot of heat and, and it had to be tough for him, tough for his family. I mean, he took, have you ever seen a coach take more heat than Matt Canada? I mean, they're, they're chanting it outside the Capitol. They're chanting it at game day. They're chanting it all over the place. I, I've never seen that before with a coach. Yeah. And uh, obviously the age of the internet now makes it easy with these memes and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know, some of that McAfee stuff on game day feel, feels felt kind of orchestrated maybe, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but, uh, but even so uh, once again, the sex sells, you know uh, it's easy to talk about that, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was, it was, it was a hell of a, it's been a hell of a, I don't know what to say 18 months uh, at least uh, uh, when it comes to this stuff and all. Uh, and, and, and back to the Tomlin thing real, real quick and, and, and not looking ahead. Uh, look, if you lose this game to the Bengals and a couple other teams win this week, you could be really behind the eight ball here. Oh, yeah. That's why I think we're really close to must-win territory. Um, even before the Canada firing news, I said it was kind of must-win to not have this locker room you know, break in half. But even still, you're 6-5. and five. You lose to two backup quarterbacks in the north on the road. You're 2-2 two and two in division. That road becomes pretty narrow. You start losing control of your destiny. You don't want that to happen. I mean, you already don't have the 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 head to head tiebreaker with Houston, who's going to look like they're going to try to uh, uh, to figure into this thing. Uh, you got uh, Buffalo re resurging a little bit here. Let's see who who's behind them. Buffalo at six and five is the eight seed. Indianapolis is five and five. Denver's five and five. The Bengals are five and five. The the Raiders are not out of it yet at five and six. Uh, I haven't gone back. Uh, right. the, the, the Colts are five and five. Uh, now you still control your destiny in that game. 
Sure. Uh, you obviously control your destiny in two games against uh, uh, the Bengals. Uh, you know, the Chargers are four and six still, even though they're they're on the outside looking in. But once again, if you don't win this game, and Buffalo wins, and who does Indianapolis play this week? I can look. I don't know for sure, but we'll find out with the power of the internet. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it just goes back to you better be focused on the now right now. Yeah, that's that's his job. I'd be, I'd be concerned if they weren't focused on the now right now. All right, I'm a, I lied. I'm going to take one more. John, just because I, 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 I love I love people interacting with us, and I don't want to tell them to email and us not get to the questions, so try to take as many as we can. One more. John writes in, the standard situation of assigning, assigning blame for a crappy offense reminds me of the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, with Matt Canada uh, gone now, the front office, the coaching staff, and the fans will finally be able to figure out what came first and we can all have closure, LOL. Hopefully the team can confidently make the corresponding moves for the next year based off these last seven games when it when 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 time comes. P.S., you guys kick ass. All right, thanks, John. Uh, yeah, look, we're going to find out. At least we'll be able to probably lean a little bit more one way with the chicken or the egg. Well, like I said before, with Canada gone, what, there what is what no if, what if we? What if we get to in between? What's in between chicken or the egg? Egg beaters? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, hard-boiled egg, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but like I said, with, with Canada gone, the shield is off a of picket. And if he doesn't play, the arrows get directed directly towards him. All right. Uh, John, appreciate the email. All right. Anything else uh, here? Appreciate all the emails there. Anything else, Alex? Nope. I think that covers it. We'll be back Friday and talk about uh, the Bengals game and yeah, get ready for that. Cause it's been a crazy week, but it was a game to be played in just a couple of days. All right. We appreciate all the support. A lot of great content up on studentsdepot.com. That'll continue on into the, into the today. Thank you for everybody that uh, has uh, gone to the site and interacts on Twitter and, and all that kind of stuff. We, uh, we don't take that lightly. Hope everybody has a fantastic thing. This is my favorite holiday of it's my favorite day of the year, Alex. It really is. I'm not a big Christmas person, but I love just Thanksgiving all because we do the honey baked ham thing and, and all like that, sit around, watch some football. And, uh, it just, it really is my favorite time of the year here, my, my favorite day. So I hope everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving. Uh, listen, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot, follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora, follow the show at terrible podcast, email the show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate, studersdepot.com, hit the donate button. Also, if you like an ad-free version of the site, studersdepot.com, hit the ad-free button. So uh, until Friday, as always, thanks for listening to The Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.